Hello, listeners, my fellow denizens of the deep. I spent endless hours trying to dissect meaning, clarify thought. Seek the truth, seek the truth wherever it may lead you, wherever you may find it. The truth is the only thing that matters, really. So anyhow, this is a follow-up audio from the... It's the only thing that matters, not because it is... Um, well, it doesn't make life simple. Let me just put it that way. It just makes it meaningful. And there's a way in which things that have meaning give us a sense of peace. Right? Because you, you find placement in your being. And that's the peace that surpasses all understanding. When you understand the meaning of all this, and you're like, oh, okay, fine, oh, God, finally. Well, maybe they use the word God was a bit too extravagant here. For, for my friends, the millennials who don't believe in God. Uh, the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. But which is really sincere because, I mean, look around. Right? You... <laughs> These archaeologists are playing interesting games today. But that's not the subject. We are following up from the conversation we had about effort and the whole concept of struggle and how the distortion of the meaning has caused a lot of misery. Now, <clears throat> I wondered about why particularly effort. You see, maybe for, for the sake of those who may not have the opportunity to listen to the other audio. I tried to go into deep, greater detail, but essentially what I tried to point out is that the concept of suffering is one of the most misleading concepts that the you what sub-Scandinavian thought, you know, sub-Scandinavian sub-Scandinavian European thought has introduced to to humanity. The I, I don't I don't know if it was a deliberate effort by the Catholic Church particularly to preach the the concept of of suffering for its sake as a being of value because they should have known that the ancients the the the, the sages uh, the ancestors when they taught of of uh, suffering. What they meant was struggle, right? Life as a struggle. They are, it's inevitable. <clears throat> well, if, if the pronunciation of the word struggle is, is not good enough for you, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a Ugandan who is being conditioned by the, the situation. <laughs> it's, it's become a joke, a running joke struggle. But that's not what I mean. It's not... But it's partially what I mean because... It expresses itself in every aspect of our lives, right? Getting out of bed is a struggle. Getting through the day is a struggle. Uh, gaining knowledge, gaining competence, completing tasks, you know, um, maintaining relationships, everything involves struggle. And there's a double lie, one that was hatched in, uh, I don't know if it's, it's the Catholic Church or if it is European philosophy, you know, sub-Scandinavian Europe. 
that um, struggling is inherent. I think it's kind of Protestant. Mm, it's more Protestant than Catholic. Well, Catholic is, is this guilt thing is just heavy. But the Protestants brought in the concept of struggle as as noble, right? Suffering as no, not struggle. Suffering as something noble and and pious and and edifying or elevated. It kind of makes you righteous, right? <clears throat> Which is not true because. Like Plato said, they have the no. Who, who was the, I think it's Joseph Fifa who was criticizing Plato for his understanding of the concept of honorifics, as he was interpreting it from the mystery schools of, of Egypt. When they ex, when they attempted to express the purpose of a gown, you say, why do you wear a gown? Like when you become a master, uh, which Incidentally, is a very another very unfortunately distorted word, but the master was a person who showed you how to master your life, right? So, presumably, they had mastered theirs at least to some degree. So, when you get self mastery, and someone recognizes that about you, you become their master, and you show them how they find their mastery. So you give them the discipline to mastery. See, then, if you wanted to be, say, a, an architect, because the other professions are kind of funny, you you had to find an architect or to go to a place where they teach architecture, right? And that discipline would give you the mastery. Now, in the process of learning how to be a, an architect, essentially what the masters are teaching you is how to struggle through the effort, the process of finding the perfection within you, the architectural competence, you know, the perfection of the architectural competence within you. And it is unique within everybody. And this is one of the things that I think another one of the problems that we are suffering from, the idea of, you know, um, standardized education or standardized valuation. Because every single architect is going to come at their architecture project from a, with a slight bias, a slight a personal bias. Maybe one likes using wood, another one doesn't like the color gray, another one, you know, those types of things. And you will notice these things expressing themselves in the work that they do. Some don't like sharp angles, you know, and the artwork they do, some don't like simple structures, you know or some want to imitate the shapes of nature, like every individual has their personal, um, I don't know, how do you, uh, um, they are a person, let me just put it that way. Every every individual is a person, right? And and by virtue of being that, they are distinct, they are, they are different, and they no two are alike. And that's the nature of mind, because essentially, your interpretation of nature is what is is what um, you you express right when you take in what you observe your mind uh, gives it meaning and then you project it back outwards you know either in thoughts or in words or in the actions that you're doing all these are different forms of projections Right. And it's actually funny because 
it really is a projection because we are living in this what in this kind of simulation reality and i don't want to oversimplify this thing by calling it a simulation i'm not saying it's not real it's as real as real gets right but it's a real that is unreal which is the paradox of life which is one of the reasons why the europeans find it difficult to understand spirituality because they don't like statements like real unreal or at least their philosophy up to this point in time has refused to embrace the possibility that there are things that are paradoxes that everything has to have some definitive meaning and if you can't find the meanings probably because you have not cut it down far enough so split it further until you get to the essence of the thing <clears throat> but now you get to things like quantum physics where you all you can do is speculate you can't observe and you, then you observe two contradicting qualities and you look what's happening here that's nature welcome to african consciousness now this is what the african mindset is anybody who asks what is the african mindset that is it the ability to live with duality as a reality that is the african mindset and it's best expressed in the teachings of tihuti right which become the bedrock of all spiritual teachings and this is the substance that people call the esoteric wisdom the hidden what uh, knowledge of the of the universe this is obviously fundamental stuff like you know the the principles of mentalism correspondence vibration all these this fundamental this basic stuff but it is profound in its simplicity right so it makes me wonder what other knowledge is hidden right and it's not even i'm not particularly interested in the history knowledge i'm more interested in the who we are type knowledge right the history knowledge is good because it it it, it helps you see the consistency in the story and determine which arc is more likely to have been what is as close to what happened as we can get because god knows we are never going to get the truth and it's not just about like someone is deliberately fudging it it's that even if we had every single bit of data from the very beginning we would not have the time or the means to absorb it you know sufficiently enough to to uh, to know everything that one would need to know to gain the the level of confidence that they would need to have in in in, in having the certainty or the certitude to say this is what it is this is who my great great grandparents were and this is what was the meaning and the purpose of this and this is what caused this war and this is why this should never have happened and it, it will never happen we'll never get to that point so the best we can do is uh, have a good enough story and extract as much uh, useful points of reference as we can to make our present um, manageable right as we construct a reality that we would like to see right but it will always be a case of looking at it in hindsight like there will always be this aspirational thing about it and that is where the for me this is the, the discovery i've made today that it's, it's like kind of a revelation which was been just taught to me by uh, a friend of mine with whom we share a lot of spiritual insights it's called uh labanga zada he is is very much from the vedic tradition and he reminded me that the from the vedic uh, point of view 
unlike say Christians where you're born you're born a sinner, right? You're born unrighteous. And God purifies you, you know, at baptism, of course, when you become a Christian. And then uh, when you join their their folk, their flock, and then through life you have to kind of earn your way and then you go to heaven and you present your your achievements and you know the type of thing he does your advocacy um or yourself by him vicariously then there's the, the muslims who you have to you know uh, mutilate a part of your anatomy to earn you know admittance into the group and then you have to fulfill certain you know uh, requirements regularly and uh, and uh, if you avoid certain things and you do other things, then maybe you will you you will gain the favor of 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 God, and uh, those things can only be explained to you by this guy over here. So the fundamental difference, you know, in the way that um, the the Vedic system understands it is that. This concept of God creating man and leaving him to his ways is very deeply ingrained. But it's not leaving him to his ways in the sense of uh, sort yourself out like the you know beasts of the field or something. He comes to man and gives man a special gift, which is the the the, the metaphor of Prometheus's fire. Right? He gives him the gift of being tapped in right you're tapped in into this very special space called consciousness where you finally get to get a sense of what is right because like for anybody who knows coco the gorilla or those who have been watching is anybody who has taken the time to watch youtube videos you have seen situations where animals animals wild animals have come to human beings to rescue them or to ask for their help to do certain things. And it's been anything like cows, elephants, lions, birds, you know, bringing people gifts. You know, <laughs> there's this child who feeds the crows and they bring her gifts. And this one afternoon, they actually found the lens of the mother's camera lost somewhere in the grass and they brought it to her. It's hard to do, but they, you see, this is the thing. The crow washed it before it brought the gift or the, the item back. And that was what was fascinating to me. Because I was wondering, did the crow actually know that it was bringing in the camera? And, you know, but crows are very smart birds. So they have been known to to, to bargle homes. They, they solve problems, which I, I suppose is what, what, you know, we consider to be smart. But I think one of the things we are going to learn as we go further in which is why the vedic tradition becomes very useful as we mature into our humanity back into you know a more mature state cycle back into a more mature state is that knowledge abounds you see this notion of we are looking for knowledge in the universe is nonsensical knowledge abounds intelligence rather it abounds even around us the birds the chicken everything around us is more intelligent than we realize and as we get more intelligent about ourselves, we are beginning to get more intelligent about the creatures around us, the birds, the plants, and everything.
the animals and everything. And one of the things we are learning is that they all suffer, they all have joy, they all have like aspirations and so on and so forth. They have things that they know. <clears throat> but what we have not seen is that they know God. Like Coco, the, the, the gorilla, uh, it learned sign language. And after learning sign language, before it died, it told its minders that you human beings are dumb. Right? The world, the earth is dying because of what you're doing. Take care of it. Right now, I don't know if it had been if it had been possessed, or if it's even a CGI, but I find it fascinating that this this this. By the way, it's perfect that this thing was happened uh, at a time when there were no you know computer animation thing software. So I don't. It would have been very easy for skeptics to be skeptical, but it gave us a different understanding of the intelligence of animals generally. See, then we started to look at it more carefully and we began to realize that, you know, these, 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 even the dolphins, they are very, very intelligent, even more intelligent than we previously thought they were. And then suddenly we begin to wonder, maybe even human beings, we have underestimated our intelligence. And then we look around and we realize there's intelligence everywhere. We just don't know how to interpret it. Because there are even senses that we don't know yet, which are hinted at in the Vedic traditions again the sense that we use to identify what's happening inside us. It's not tactility, like the, the skin experiences what is outside. How do we sense what is inside? What's that sense? Is that the sixth sense? Or is there a seventh sense which gives us, which makes us tap into situations that are remote, uh, both in locality and in, in, in time? <clears throat> so anyhow, this thing, we're having this conversation and it tells me, you see, the way we understand it, the Vedas, is that you're perfect. The perfection is already within you. And it seemed very simplistic because these Vedic things tend to sound very simplistic. But I sat and thought about it from the point of view of the tradition of struggle and suffering and effort. Right? And the 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 ancient teachings also, like the, the which was it? <clears throat> I think it was the, was it the Emerald Tablets? They talk about uh, man only functions because he has resistance. I should say humanity to avoid uh, offending uh, the females, <clears throat> the women actually, because females is general. So if you say female, you're actually dismissing women <laughs> for the feminists. It should be a womanist movement, not a feminist movement, because feminine means like cows and bitches and things like that. So <clears throat> the, the, where was I? They have this tendency of saying, the fire is inside, you only release it. And if you look at it from a simple, like a very, very superficial perspective, in, <laughs> they sound like children. The fire is in the matchstick. What do you mean the fire is in the matchstick? But the meaning that is meant by the fire being in the matchstick is that the potentiality exists. right? And that potentiality is expressed when the matchstick is struck against the matchbox 
the surfaces of the the the, the friction surface <clears throat> right so the perfection is there within and this perfection is what they call the soul which the soul is a part of the super soul right so for oversimplification you say imagine something like an octopus octopus with tentacles that go in every direction but for me i would call it uh, imagine you are a beam of light that is being radiated from a source right you look at the sun for example imagine you're a single beam of beam of light imagine you humanity a human you as a human being are a proton the one that is going in front is it the proton that goes in front of the beam of light i've forgotten what they call i think it's the one i don't know if it's not the one then someone whoever knows it correct me on that one somehow i don't know how you will do that since here they don't do like responses but i'll find it on the internet anyway it goes in front of the light that is what you are right but the light is what you see because it's the one that is manifest and that is how it is so are you different from is the sun different from the light different from the heat you know that that kind of thing you know that so that's kind of what we are as human beings but the light the sun would be a physical source or super soul then there is a consciousness sun right which is kind of funny because when you go into that concept of of looking at it then you realize that maybe even consciousness is as varied and diverse as reality what we see as reality around us right so when you go into the consciousness realm then you have a planetary consciousness <laughs> you know like like <laughs> a whole universe a whole galaxy you know a galaxy is bigger a universe is bigger than that but well a whole universe of consciousnesses if that even makes sense it, with a deeper conscious within there it's just it's mind boggling just think about it but you being a part of this fantastical expression right this is what makes you special because you are part of this all knowing all present all being all seeing all you know being thing so even if you you may not have the capacity to 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 be the sun the nature of the sun is still within you right so in a sense there is a way in which you are also all knowing right you're all seeing you're, you're ever present in a very real sense it may be a subtle but very real sense and that's why they tell you if you know how to tap in back into the source you know if the proton knows how to look back onto the sun or the beam of light and find its way back to the sun and gain reference to the sun then the proton will remember or would be able to know what the sun knows because you know that kind of thing i don't know how that works but that's generally the mechanism 
And because we have that within us, it's there, it's there, it's there all the time, firing us, firing us. We constantly strive. We don't even know why, but we strive. Then in order to elevate our whatever, I don't know, knowledge or, or uh, purpose, you know, or to express ourselves in a very unique way, we come into the physical reality to experience resistance. So the physical reality is kind of consciousness expressing, uh, be, putting itself against, pushing itself against another form of itself so as to create a different form of itself. It's just like the process of creativity. You're pushing against the envelope. That's the nature of humanity. And it expresses itself in everything, even in simple things like the ejaculation, how we come into existence in the first place. You have this gang of spams, you know, uh, flowing towards the, the, the ovary, which also has this bunch of ovaries, right, releasing. Incidentally, I don't know, like, this is, this is part of the things that they don't teach very well in school. But there is a certain communality to these organ, to these uh, these uh, lower lower organisms, lower expressions of, of consciousness, which is often not told because, like, when the when the when the ovary is being released, it is not random. There is a kind of reorganizing process where the ovaries, the eggs in the ovary, all I don't know how many billion of them come together and conference, and they decide. This is the one that is going now. And they know very well that in the lifetime, or I don't know if they know it as a, for a fact, but there is no possible, there's no possibility that a woman's eggs will all be utilized. Like women have enough eggs, which is kind of funny. Maybe they're supposed to be having like children infinitely. Anyway, potentiality. The possibilities are always greater than what actually happens. And this is expressed even in our very bodies. Right. It is the principles of, of like abundance is what we are. I don't even know why we pursue abundance. If there is no abundance, it's because someone is deliberately creating a prison like state. You know. This is hell. This is what hell means. Being in a situation where you are away from God. God is abundance. That's what love is. Love is it's completely self-giving and expressive and abundant. And that is why it is, uncon that's how it can be unconditional. Because it's abundant, it can be unconditional. Nothing is too little. Nothing is too much. Because, <laughs> you see? That's how unconditional love comes into existence. For those of you who are pursuing real love in your relationships, I'm giving you the solution here. Be abundant in your being, in the expression of your being, in your mindset. If you are like these people who are thinking, you know, how do they call it? Scarcity mentality. You look at the boy or the girl, whoever it is that you're looking at, and like, ah, this one has uh, little this, and this one has little that, and that is all you're looking at. You know, the less the, I don't know, whatever the thing that is small is, you see, you're just looking for the smaller thing, and you're dismissing the smallness. 
and then you look for people who have this exaggerated whatever even if there is no real connection and connection is a real thing because you feel it in the body you feel it it's in the mind it's in the like it's chemical the it, you are washed by these chemicals that say pay close attention to this individual because they are of significance it doesn't mean go and have sex with them and make children no i don't want to make that assumption i don't even want to make that claim it simply means that they are of significance otherwise where else would it cause why why is it that of all the people on the planet these are the ones that are causing this to happen and some it just it persists through life there is a reason why there is a, it's just it's not random i don't know what the reason is i don't know if the reason necessarily means that you must come together and you know but this it's it has some significance in both of your lives so it behooves you to figure it out you know in whichever way is comfortable for you now that's where uh, a bit of sagacity comes in cuz it's indeed likely that this person can take you down on a wild wind whirlwind spiral <laughs> take you on a whirlwind spiral downwards it's also possible that this is the person that takes you to places where you need to go and that's my theory they take you to places where you need to go like there are those markers on the road where you're like pay pay attention this is this is the marker this this one get it get it get it so for me whenever i am i am i am uh, i find myself unless um, unusually attracted to an individual i take the time to investigate that I'm like what's going on here and i i don't like and that's the i'm strange so for me i'm okay like that i don't have a lot of um, I don't want to call them inhibitions because that suggests a lascivious lifestyle but I am anything I'm far from lascivious in the way that I live my life and I think I credit this mostly to my formation uh, in my early childhood you know Catholic upbringing the, the discipline of introspecting forced me to learn how to see myself and judge for myself which is very helpful i find that this is lacking a lot in society these days and people are so distracted because they don't know how to sit down and reflect we are living life so externally and yet most of it is actually internal because the process of being alive first and foremost is to learn that you are actually inside a machine brilliantly let me not, not not even a machine you're inside a simulation you have entered a very very fantastic simulation i don't know if you can use the word very twice or even with a word like fantastic because each of them expresses um superlatives i suppose but <laughs> language what can i say um limited vocabulary i suppose i know some other words i should be using but for some reason they are not coming to mind as quickly as i would like but this is the thing you 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 have a supremely 
um, elaborate simulation and you are participating in it. And that's the first thing you have to learn. Because if you don't know that you are the one controlling the, the avatar, then the avatar just goes through this simulation wondering, you know, Grand Theft Auto style, you know, do this here, do this there. And it's actually fascinating to me that Grand Theft Auto is such a popular video game because it's, it's, it's kind of a mockery. For me, I think the guys who made it were just mocking us. They were like, you, you here is a video game where you just go around doing nothing. So yeah, just this extremely expressive of modern humanity, purposeless life. I played it once or twice and I just, I couldn't. I just, I, like, the point of the game is just accumulate points doing random acts. Like, how? How how do you, like, how do you even allow yourself to be in a mindset where all you do is go about life just bumping into things and acting on them according to the nature of the object, right? You bump into a woman, you bump into a car, you bump into a house, you know, everything you bump into. It's like, no, like, you don't. That's not how it works. Not every pen is for picking up. Not every, you know, every stone that you see, not, not every water hydrant is for is for being urinated on. You know, if you're a dog, for example. So yes, this this is what forces us to have this internal thing and we project it outwards and we we have this conversation about what's this thing and then we decide this thing must be god and then we say that is god right that's one way of looking at it the other way of looking at it is we wonder what this thing is then someone comes and says this is what it is and we're like that's god and then he says, no, I'm not God. I am the messenger of God. God is, is, is uh, I mean, how do I even begin to explain to you God? But just listen to what I have said and do something about it and you'll see that everything will end up making sense. Things will become better. I was like, okay, fine. Bottom line, please, make it as simple as possible. Eight-year-old should be able to understand this. Break down the meaning of life. I'll do even one better. I'll give you one word. And then I will let you go and mix, you know, the entire confusion of this whole thing. The word is love. It is that simple. You may make stories about it. You may write novels. You may write, you know, studies, you know, all these things you're going to do about them. It doesn't matter. It is love. And all of you know it. It's there in your heart. You feel it. You know it. Everybody gets to a point in their life where they learn what love is. Personally, they know what it means to be in love. You will give up everything for that person. Or will you? Modern society, absolutely not everything. I have to maintain my dignity after all. But I am humble. 
humble people are never embarrassed and i thank god for the for the for the priest who taught me this lesson because i actually thought this this guy is just conning me because he was a spanish guy right and i have issues with his you know light-skinned preachers i just i'll state it categorically i am prejudiced against europeans and their teachings like I can't stand the teachings that I get from any European sources. That doesn't mean I don't regard them. I just am skeptical. Now, or even the teachings from Africans who have engaged very deeply with European teachings. So the only people I listen to without worry are people like my grandfather, may his soul rest in peace. These ones I listen, I don't worry about them like, grandfather he came to me and shouted once Nini Shosho I didn't understand what he meant but that thing cut deep right? Shosho is uh, I'm your grandfather I'm the father of your father <laughs> you know he didn't even say which would be I am your grandfather he says I am the father of your father. very emphatic I think that's the hardest I've ever been hit in my life I was a very young boy and he was complaining about something that was practical and understandable. But I think he was not being fair from his point of view. But then again, from my point of view, I think it was understandable from his frame of reference that I should have been able to know it or to know better. So I suppose I'm a victim of having brought up, been brought up in an environment that did not impress these values upon me. It's probably one of the reasons why I'm very passionate about impressing values of culture on people, on society. We need to grow up in a society which tells us what is valuable, what is truly valuable. Like Dochiel and, and, and whatever the other guys, these funny European things we plaster on ourselves, right? Cars and shirts and dear god perfumes we took perfumes to europe people can't be so foolish as to fall in love with perfumes like what's happening to africans we taught these bloody people how to bathe how to bathe and now they are selling us perfumes for an arm and a leg literally god you need to wake up this is becoming stupid but as human beings, this is why we pursue. We pursue perfection because we know we are perfect. We are inherently perfect. We, we forget that we are in an illusion and the illusion is efforty. And we know not only that we come from a place of no effort, of instant manifestation, a place of consciousness right where it's all abundant and we are coming out of that feminine reality of consciousness and taking on a masculine form right of 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 of, of uh, exertion right into this reality to exert onto physical reality the desires of consciousness to bring into physical reality what the abundance that is in uh, non-physical reality and non-physical reality is abundant with all things what we would consider good and bad they are simply expressions these are all possibilities 
So when we begin to act out, we are acting out all these random possibilities. Anything that can happen, can happen. So that certain things don't happen is because other people are acting against them happening. Or the actors that could have caused them did not act well enough to result, to, to get the result that they wanted. Like this, you know, um, people who try to commit genocides. Most times it's because they underestimate the effort that is going to go into actually executing a, a genocide. Other than the, the British when they went to Australia and effectively wiped out the entire island. I don't know of any, well, I think, they, well, most of the islands, I think, were wiped out. The, the British have done a very good job. And to think that people still consider these people as a royal family, I don't know what, what we, are, we, are, we are holding up as, as honorific, as honorable in our 21st century. I have nothing against the Windsors, but I think that just has to fall. That family just represents everything reprehensible about humanity right now. I am sorry, I, you inherited this legacy. I know, you know, this is not your thing, but it's just, guys, just Harry is doing you a favor. William, you cannot sustain this. Like, this is not the 20th century. That I don't know. I see you guys playing with the internet, algorithms, and all that funny stuff. Central bankers trying to maintain this thing, trying to keep the world in the 19th century. I don't know. I hope I hope for your sake you succeed. But for the sake of humanity, just let's move on. Let's get to the next level, right? We cannot continue. Like, how much gold is too much? I think it's just enough, right? And there's a joke that happened recently in Congo. It's just so funny. These guys literally stumbled upon a hill that is entirely gold. It's 90% gold. How ridiculous is that? And the poor villagers were on top of the hill, busy gathering soil and running back down into their houses and piling it up. And I'm looking at the village. It's The village is literally shadowed in the valley of this bloody mountain. Where are you taking the soil? You're not going to take the mountain into your house. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> and their ancestors would never have done something like that. Their ancestors would just have laid on the hill and they said, it's there, it's gold, it's ours, it's always been, we've always known there was gold down there. But what's the point? We are literally walking on gold. Why should we be digging it up so that these bloody guys can go and condense it into blocks and then start killing us for it. And they kept quiet. Poor guys, 21st century, ignorant about the realities of the world we are living in, you know, handed these little devices that are spying on us, we go and cause our own demise. But anyhow, hopefully with time this thing is going to kick in. Because I feel the energies are rising, I sense the vibrations are changing, people are beginning to, to come to reality with who they are. I just, I, I, I see it's very, it's very heartwarming. You know, people are coming to me and they are telling me things that they would never have said five, two years ago, you know. This lockdown also helped a lot. Like the Great Reset, I don't know if they knew that they were going to end up resetting. Because this is the thing, there is the reset that is what I would call organic. It, like Internally, we know something is going on and we are 
kind of adapting to the changes, the technology, the tools that we have. But then there is the reset which other people want us to go towards. That one is a, it has to be more effortful than us than than the natural one because that one is preventing the light from coming. It's an effort at, of of trying to to push a shadow over the societies, uh, maintain this these chains and things like that. So you have guys like Bill Gates with all his money working effortlessly to cause mayhem, right? Like they are doing everything they can to prevent progress. They are trying to destroy the blockchain. They are trying to to co-opt actually the blockchain. They are trying to destroy human populations. They are trying, you know, just to 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 own the, the 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 gene banks of the world. It's so funny. It's so funny. Like, if you look at the way the thing is moving, there is an effort to restructure the world in such a way that not more than eight organizations, not even families anymore, eight organizations handle own handle own everything there is. The water, the genetic information, the bodies—all these are already generally property to someone. You see, and uh, the reason why they are fighting for these things is because they know from ancient African texts that these things were brought by certain individuals who claimed them, but they claimed them as a result of their efforts, not as their personal property. These ones, on the other hand, the, those subtle details—they don't like to 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 waste time with those. That's the reason why agreements are never upheld. Never sign agreements with these guys. Now I've gone on to a rant, unfortunately. But that is part of the whole process of self-discovery. You have to understand what is causing the confusion, first of all. right? Get rid of the noise. Get rid of, walk away from the fog. Just go to a silent place. Then you sit down and hopefully, hopefully, in that silent place, you have found yourself next to a source of great wisdom because i assure you you will need guidance to get from point wherever it is that you are to point zero which is where you should be when you walk out of your like your your initiation right around the age of uh between 50 10 and 15 you know that's that that age group that's supposed to be the period of time when you're being initiated so by the time you're walking out of your initiation, you should be walking out self-aware. Right? So from the moment you are, you know, in your early teens, sorry, late teens, getting into your early adulthood, you're a fully self-conscious being seeking self-expression. And the appeals of, of, of the world, of nature, they don't they don't have that much attraction. And this is how you end up having more meaningful relationships, deep relationships that last a long, long, long time. You see, because it's not superficial. You're not going after the bums or the beard or the the car or whatever. And it's actually even it isn't even necessary because the only reason why you're running after Mr. What Proverbio, the Proverbio, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't mean you, but the word is just it's coming on. So my tongue, the tip of my tongue, so I have to say it. The reason why you're running after the proverb your Mr. Wasas is because you have been create what uh, convinced that the future is bleak, the scarcity is coming at us, and there is no hope for humanity. If you don't have a Mr. Wasa by your side, your children are going to die of starvation. That's all nonsensical. The future is not bleak. The future is brighter than the past has ever been. 
it is brighter than the first. Do not let the the, the Musevenis of this world for, make you forget about the Mugufulis of this world. I am not comparing the presidents. I am comparing the presidencies. You see, in five years, Magufuli has transformed the society of Uganda of, of Tanzania, right? In thirty-five, the society of Uganda has remained stagnant. Now, because of the stagnation in the society, the scarcity is felt deeply. You see, because if only if 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 I make a conscious decision to give you only say five billion shillings as your budget the growing population shall guarantee that that five billion will not be enough if it was enough in 2000 and if it was enough in 1980 80, let's say 1993 in 2013 it's not enough the population has grown even if the population hadn't grown the needs for the money have grown. The internet has come into existence and you need to have internet like you used to. You, the, the piped water was never a thing until someone came up with this piped water and they, oh my God, we have to have piped water in our house. Electricity was never a thing. We often forget that all these things that we take for granted, what we call utilities because we use them so regularly, so thoughtlessly, once never existed. The reason why they become utilities is because we get to the point where they become so such an, an integral part of our existence that we feel it is unfair to deny anybody access to them. Hence utilities, public utilities. But these greedy people, they can't help themselves. They have to find a way of squeezing money out of electricity, out of water, out of rent, with rent, okay, I don't mind. People should pay for rent because it takes time and effort to you know do these things. But then electricity, subsidized, petrol to this day, fossil fuels are one of the most heavily subsidized industries in the world. Subsidization or subsidies uh, means what? Uh, the 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 money that we collect in the form of taxes is given to companies and individuals who invest in these areas. That's what it means. People say government is giving them. It's not government giving them money. Government doesn't have money. We have money. We who produce have money. We give the money to government and then government channels the money for government, within government. Government being us. We collect our money together and we say we would like this money to be allocated to this area. If you're fortunate enough to have a steward as dedicated as Mogufuli, he distributes the money as you have instructed, basing on the manifesto you voted for. And that's another thing that we are failing to grasp. You vote for manifestos. You don't vote for people. People are fickle. Today he says one thing, tomorrow he says another. And how do you blame him? When he came to contest, he was not a, a president. He didn't have no any idea what it meant to be president or MP or whatever. Now his MP realizes mm, the things I was talking about were not. I just, I guys, just, uh, maybe next time, right? Then they start giving you, you know, trinket, trinket, trinkets and these funny things. You see, so these even political parties. I don't believe in political parties as a thing. What needs to happen regularly is 
every time we come into the election cycle. We know, okay, we are coming into the election cycle. This is going to be three months of destruction. And we give ourselves those three months because it's such an important thing. The economy is shut down. The taxes are reduced. No, no rent. No, you know, you, you, we just have to do this. Instead of wasting money, buying ballot papers, you, your electoral election observers, all these stupid, stupid things that we spend money on, we should spend money on the things that actually matter, on the civ civ civic education, right? On letting people know there's a difference between voting and electing. The election and the vote are different things. The campaign and the election are different things. You see, a political party and a political platform and a political manifesto and a political candidate, these are all different things. When you're voting, what are you voting for? You see, ideally, you should be voting for a manifesto. The manifesto is the one that causes the party to come into existence. Which is the reason why I don't see the, the, the sense in people constantly complaining about people crossing over. By all means, cross over. If this party is betraying your ideals, your ideals, you cross over. But it doesn't make sense to come from a party which is, you know, fundamentally left-leaning, and then you go straight to a party which is right. Like how? How? What happened? This is not the party that has betrayed you. It is you who has betrayed the party, or yourself. Either way, something should have been done earlier in life to prevent such things from happening. But these are the errors that we have to learn to embrace. But they are hard to learn or to identify if you first don't know who you are and why you are striving. You are perfection. You are abundance. And violence is also part of the abundance that exists in consciousness. Because it's a possibility. It's created by mind. Everything starts with the mind. And once the mind conceives it, it has become part of what is the possible. What is possible. So the great teachers, the sages of the past, they tell you, do not dwell on evil thoughts, on bad thoughts, because every evil thought you're thinking of, you bring into existence. And what's an evil thought? Anything that goes against L-I-V-E, anything that inverts life. It's actually kind of comical for me and, and maybe even you know, kind of ironical and prophetic that the words inverse each other. You know, one is almost the mirror image of the other. Evil and life, live. If you want to live, you have to stop evil because evil is the one that guarantees that life is destroyed. Is destroyed. So you can't, people who perpetuate, and you know them because they exhibit it. When you see people who exhibit these funny tendencies of having wicked thoughts, you want to get rid of those ones because they are continually creating wickedness as part of the consciousness, which continues to manifest itself, becomes it becomes the more prevalent the more prevalent expression of consciousness. Right. So you push against that deliberately by bringing the counter consciousness to express itself. You allow the counter consciousness to express itself through you. You allow the counter of you know fear. Fear is the one that causes, you know, oh my God, we're in trouble. Let's destroy everything around us. That's fundamentally what it is. Love is the understanding that no matter how threatening the situation may appear, 
it can't be threatening because it's it's part of my nature it's like water being afraid of water it's like a droplet being afraid of being absorbed into the lake like how how is that a bad thing the teaching what has the droplet been taught up to this point in its existence it has been taught that the water is going to consume you and you're going to become nothingness well yes in the sense that you're not distinctive or definitive you cannot be identified as as a separate droplet anymore but in your nature you are part of this greatness this wholeness and there's a, there's a certain kind of futility that comes with the thought of that but then that's a good thing because then you appreciate the privilege of being alive of having this body for the period of time that you have it for that time where you come out of this great deep and the energy of the sun evaporates you into this little droplet that is floating up to form this cloud which will eventually one day fall down as a drop of rain see the effort you can imagine how exhilarating it must be or even scary for the droplet that's being taken up it has to leave these old friends get to know new friends now it has taken on a different form it's floating up there in the sky looking down on the ground how terrifying is that longing to be a part of the waters that it once knew then it comes down you know with its bodies the air resistance guaranteeing that it becomes a small droplet and then it falls on this very hard surface and then it has to go through the filtration of the soil it has to be sucked up by plants urinated out by animals before it finds itself back into the water of the oceans and the seas that it once knew you know home mm. the metaphors the metaphors of life express themselves all the time and that is the reason that for me this is now my understanding of why we have to constant we have to institutionalize the concept of effort and this is the reason why i hope it makes sense and i hope you enjoy this guys bye bye